For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Sines coming at you, and on the line for an interview today is Texas tight end Andrew Beck. Beck is a five-year tight end who played in 51 career games with 30 starts at UT. Beck moved from linebacker to tight end back in 2014. He posted career highs in receptions and receiving yards in the 2018 campaign. So first things first, Andrew, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Excited to be on with you. All right, man. So you started your college career as a linebacker, as I just talked about, and you committed to Texas when Mac Brown was still the head coach. After his departure, Charlie Strong took over, and that's when you made that transition a tight end. What went into the decision to switch positions? Yeah, it, was, it was interesting. So uh, I early enrolled in Texas and played linebacker uh, throughout the, the first spring ball I was there, and and enjoyed it. But I had uh, I played a little bit of tight end in high school. So when we got into fall camp, about a week into it. We had a bug in the tight ends room, and a couple guys went down, unfortunately. And uh, Coach Strong came to me after a team meeting and said, you know, we're not making you. It's completely up to you. But if you'd be willing to, we need we need some help in the tight end room. So we're moving you over there to play. And, and I, you know, I told him, uh, absolutely, you know, whatever whatever you guys need, whatever the team needs. And kind of history from there. I've been playing tight end ever since and really enjoyed it. I think it was a good move for me. You've had a long-tenured stay in Austin, and you were granted a medical red shirt in 2017, which allowed you to use your final year of eligibility for the 2018 season. 
Can you talk a little bit about the season you had and what it meant to reach the 10-win mark for the first time since 2009? Yeah, it was great. I mean, like you said, it, it had been a long time since since Texas was kind of in that 10-win club, kind of where it, it needs to be. Um, so for myself and, and the class that I was around, um, it was a huge accomplishment. Uh, where that program was when we got there, as opposed to where it is when we left, you know, I – just looking at that alone, I would say that I had a successful career there. Um, that was that was the goal when I committed to Texas uh, way back when when Coach Brown was was leading the charge, and throughout the entire time there, it was it was to get Texas back to where it needed to be. And and like Sam said, after our Sugar Bowl win, I think we did just that. I have to ask you: the Texas OU rivalry is one of the most storied, iconic rivalries in college football. Can you provide some insight into what the atmosphere is like for the annual Red River Showdown at the Cotton Bowl? You know, it's, it's tough to explain. Um, showing up in that stadium, just pulling up, uh, you're on the buses and you're, you're driving through the state fair and it's, it's an unbelievable atmosphere before you even get to the stadium. And kind of as you, as you get a little bit closer and can see the stadium and the Cotton Bowl written on it, it's, you just get chills. I mean, I, like you said, I did five years in Texas and, and – all five years that we went, it was the same feeling. You know, hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you just get chills looking at that that stadium before you even walk in. And uh, going to the locker rooms, and and it's you know old historic kind of feel to it. And then running out onto the onto the field, we uh, we have to run through the OU fans. So the stadium split in half um, with fans. So one half's uh, maroon, and one half's the better color, burnt orange. And uh, and so we have to run through there their stands every time we run out on the field and it's just the amazing change of of the dynamic of the atmosphere as soon as you cross the 50 is unbelievable uh, i remember my freshman year all the older guys were saying you know hey when you cross the 50 you're not gonna be able to hear anything so we really got to focus and, and communicate well and i was like all right it, it can't be that like it's an open outdoor bowl it can't be that bad and they were not kidding at all uh as soon as you cross the 50 yard line and into enemy territory really it, it's it's an unreal experience going from just on offense, you know, being able to hear everything everybody's saying to going on to their side of the field and you can't hear a thing. Uh, and it's the same when their offense is on the field. I mean, it, it is an unbelievable experience to play in that game. Wow, that just sounds awesome listening to your personal experience. Would have loved to have been at one of those games. Maybe one day I will check out the uh, Red River rivalry. But now talking about the Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. It's one of the largest stadiums in college football. What was it like playing in front of your home fans during your tenure there at Texas? It was unreal. I mean, especially this past season, uh, Coach Herman and uh, our new athletic director, Chris O'Connor, did an incredible job kind of revamping the game day experience. And uh, and I think it really worked. I think our fans really bought in the season and, and they had a, a great experience every time that we played at home. But and, you know, just to just to have that home field advantage in that kind of stadium with with Bevo and the cannon going off and our fans going crazy. It's it's like no place that I've played and throughout my college career, I got to play at a lot of great places. Uh, and that that will forever be the, the best for me. In two seasons as head coach for the Longhorns, Tom Herman has compiled a 17 and 10 record and has this program moving in the right direction what stands out about him as a coach, and how has he helped establish a new culture in Austin? Um, I think what stands out about him as a head coach, kind of addressing the first part of your question, is just his 
his unique ability to develop relationships with his players uh, from the time they get on campus. But even with us older guys, when, when he first got there, uh, he's, a, he's a truly special guy and kind of getting to work with him. You kind of see that a little bit more every day that you surround yourself with him. He's an incredibly smart guy, um, but he's very personable as well. I could walk into his office and just have a conversation with him, which is very unique. Um, he's done a great job of establishing his, his version of the culture. I know when every head coach comes in, they all say, you know, we're going to establish our culture and it's going to be this, this, and this. Um, and it's, it's not always successful. A lot of times that they'll come in and have to tweak that. And uh, he was unique in the sense that he came in and said, this is how the culture is going to be and, and didn't, didn't back down, didn't take a step back. He really enforced it from day one through where they are now talking to guys that are, that are going through their offseason program now. Um, he, he has not changed. Uh, and he, he's, he'll be the first to tell the team that. It's not necessarily changing. It's just improving. Um, the, the players really bought in after that first season. There were, there were glimpses of greatness and seeing, okay, wow, this is what – this is what this coaching staff and this culture can do for us. Um, and I think the buy-in last season was, was ultimately what led to our success. I don't think we had better players than we did the year before. And in fact, we had a lot of guys returning, uh, filling the same spots. So I think it was just the, uh, the buy-in of the culture and seeing what, what that coaching staff and specifically Coach Herman can do is really special. Andrew, you were able to bookend your college career by playing the Georgia Bulldogs in the Sugar Bowl. What was that experience like playing at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in a game of that magnitude? Uh, it, was, it was unreal, really. Uh, my hat's off to the Sugar Bowl committee and, and the staff that kind of helps us out that entire week. They were, they were first class in everything we did, uh, as well as you know the, from the hotel staff to the people at the stadium there when we were going through the practice week. So. I had an incredible, incredible time there. And obviously to, to cap it off with a win was something special. Um, that was a, a game that going into not a lot of people gave us a chance outside of the people that were in the locker room. So to, to come away with a win in that in that game and kind of end my college career, like you said, on that note was, was something special for me. It's definitely something that I won't ever forget. And how about that Bevo incident, Andrew? I mean, I think that went uh, viral on social media. I saw a bunch of Longhorn fans just having a good time with Bevo attacking the Bulldog, kind of setting the stage. What was your reaction to that stuff, man? So it was funny. We actually were on the field. I had just come in, and by the time I got off the field when it happened to the time I got in the locker room, there were guys that uh, had seen it. And uh, one of the, the redshirt freshmen pulled it up on his phone and showed me, and I started dying laughing. And we just walked out of the locker room like, all right, we got no choice but to win now. Like, the stage has been set. <laughs> we, got, we got to follow it up. So that was, that was really cool. I know it, it, uh, it turned some heads, that is for sure. Yeah, it certainly did. Now, a cool moment. This was before the Sugar Bowl. During that week, a cool moment was documented on video when you used sign language to communicate with a hearing impaired family during a hospital visit. And from my standpoint and from a lot of people's standpoint, it was just incredible to see. And I think that's such a good positive image that I think we can all appreciate as a community. I have to ask you, how much joy did it bring you to interact with that family on that day? Uh, yeah, it was, first of all, thank you so much. But second of all, yeah, it was it was very special for me, you know, and it wasn't special because somebody videotaped it or a video got out or, you know, so-and-so retweeted it or, you know, what have you. It was, it was what made it special for me was kind of walking in and just seeing the joy on that family's face. I mean, their child is sick. Um, so they're, they're stuck in a hospital, which is never fun, but their situation is a little bit more unique where it's harder for them to communicate with people that are outside of that room. So 
to be somebody that hasn't been sitting in that room with the whole time, just to come in and, and be able to have a simple conversation with them. Um, I think that was special to them. It was certainly special to me. And, you know, hopefully just for, for that moment, I could, I could be a little bit of relief and, and somebody else to talk to other than, you know, a doctor or somebody like that. You were named a semifinalist for the 2018 Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award, which reflects an individual that has demonstrated responsibility and sportsmanship both on and off the field. Who was your role model growing up, and how did they teach you the value of not only respecting the game, but your opponents as well? Uh, that's a tough question. You know, I think I've been sur- fortunate enough to be surrounded by a lot of great role models, um, coaches, friends, friends, parents, family members, things like that. But I think for me, it, it ultimately comes down to my dad. He's a, he's a colonel in the army. He's active duty still. Um, and those are just values that he instilled in both myself and my brother from, from as long as I can remember. Um, he and my mom both did an incredible job raising us. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have two parents that, that really, I believe, did their best job they could raising me, and I think I turned out all right. So, um, but I think those those two especially, but my dad would be my role model. That you know, he kind of taught me just to be a good person. I think that's that's generally what it comes down to. Well, we certainly thank your dad for his service. So that's awesome. Now, you were invited to play in the ninety fourth East West Shrine Game in Saint Petersburg, Florida. What was that experience like for you, knowing that you were being scouted by several NFL GMs and scouts? Right. It was a great experience. I mean, apart from the exposure that you get, like you said, with, with NFL teams, just to be able to go there and, and compete with guys that are kind of going through the same process that you are. You know, nobody really just talking to guys down there. Nobody, everybody was like, well, I don't know what this is all about. Or, you know, nobody's really 100% sure what this process entails. Everybody just knows they want to be at this point in their career. Um, so going through with guys that, you know, are, are at an elite level playing against, you know, other people that are, are at the same point in their career was, was really special. It was really cool. And, you know, you end up making a lot of friends that, uh, with guys that you're competing against just because the, the level of competition there was so fierce that we, uh, we did a good job kind of balancing it out and, and becoming friends with a lot of guys that you wouldn't in other situations. So that was really, really cool. And then, uh, Obviously, like you said, kind of getting to talk. That's the first time you really get to talk to NFL teams and scouts and, and GMs and things like that. So just to kind of to, you know, get that experience um, and kind of, you know, real, realize how much this process is actually rolling now. Uh, it was it was an eye opening experience. That's for sure. And I'm sure entering the week of practice, I mean, your days are numbered. You're only there for like two or three practices, I believe. But I'm sure that some talent evaluators maybe ask you about your ability to be an efficient pass catcher given the low volume of targets that you really got at Texas. During the practice week, do you feel like you took away some of those doubts? Uh, I really do. I think I, I did a good job of showing my versatility throughout the week, both uh, both blocking, which is something that I have a ton of experience with, but also running around uh, running routes and catching passes. I think I did a really good job throughout the week. Uh, I know I ran routes and, and caught balls coming out of the backfield from a wing setting from my hand in the dirt and three point stance to all the way split out of the receiver. Um, you know, I, I really kind of showed my versatility and I believe that's something that's a big strength for me. So I do believe I helped myself out that week. To go on that point at the next level, as we all know, special teams is a way many players secure a roster spot 
on those 53-man units. If given the opportunity, do you feel like you can thrive in a special teams role for an NFL team if you're asked? I do. I think uh, one thing that's special about the week of practice of the Shrine game is you, you do go through special teams uh, drills, and they even you know set up special teams. So we'll, we get the chance to rep them uh, for people to watch. And I've done time on all four major special teams unit, as well as you know field goal and then hands team and onside recovery and things like that. So I have experience doing that, um, and I think that translates well to both that week of practice, but to the next level in general. I think it's I can be a contributor on all four teams, and that's something that will help me out immensely. Now you're turning your attention to your pro day uh, there in Austin. What are you doing right now to prepare for that event? Um, I've been training with Phase 1 Sports out in Las Vegas. They've got a great staff. I'm working with, uh, with great guys that are getting ready for their pro day as well. Um, so it's, it's actually interesting. We got done, got done working some drills this morning. I'm just taking a break before we go back and lift this afternoon. Um, but they've, like I said, they've done a great job uh, preparing me. They've been doing this for a while at a bunch of different spots. So I think I'm, I'm putting myself in a good position to, uh, to be successful for pro day. You're going to continue to meet with NFL teams during this uh, pre-draft process. When it's all said and done, when the dust settles, what do you want coaches and executives to know about you, not only as a player, but as a teammate? Um, I think there's two big things for me. One of them is being honest. Um, if they ask me if I can do something, if I can't, you know, what do I think my strength and we- strengths and weaknesses are? I think just being honest with them is going to be the biggest thing for me. Uh, and then being accountable, like you said, both on and off the field. I think there are a lot of great players in the NFL that, that thrive on the field but have gotten in trouble off the field, and it's, it's cost some people their careers. Um, so I think that's going to be another big selling point for myself personally is, is accountability both on and off the field. Gotcha. Now, Andrew, before I close out this interview and let you get back into that training there in Vegas, I have to ask you, man, the big games on Sunday, Patriots, Rams, who are you taking? Right. That's a good, I'm excited to watch it. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to ever vote against Tom Brady. I think he's been there so much. You know, I think it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's polar opposite spectrums of the football world from, you know, old and, not old, but older and, and seasoned and experienced versus young and new and, and you know, up and coming, some would say. So it's going to be exciting to watch. But I think when the dust settles, like you said, uh, it's going to be uh, – I think the Pats are going to get it. All right, man. I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit, see where you stood. <laughs> I've been asking uh, some other prospects the same question. But, Andrew, I really appreciate you taking the time during this day to join the podcast for an interview. I want to let you know again, man, that I'm rooting for you. I'm in your corner, and I hope that the right opportunity surfaces for you when uh, the draft comes in late April. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me again. Take care, and God bless. Yes, sir. You have a good one. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.